Hey everybody, welcome back uh, to Devils in the Details. We're going to talk about transfers now. Yeah. We got a lot of questions in Q&A about different players and different transfer priorities. And I also did some very unfortunate tweeting the other day about transfer priorities that lots of people disagreed with. So we're going to talk about it. Okay. What positions do we need? Aaron, let's do this real fast. I don't think it's controversial. Maybe it is, but go for it. Starters. Striker, center mid, goalkeeper. Rotation-ish, maybe starters. Center back next to Lissandro and right back. Um, I think that's pretty much it. I think anything else you're kind of stretching. Yeah, I agree. I think I saw people saying... Uh, backup for Casemiro is a priority. It could be. You could, I could. I could see it's that. It's like seventh on the list, but yeah, I, I, I would like it. But like again, all right. I think we need to draw a distinction between needs and wants because a lot of those things I want, like I want another center back. I think it's a real stretch to say another center back is a need. I'll, I'll be honest. You, you need it long-term. I don't think you need it this summer. I don't yeah, think you go into next season. Let me be season, clear. I meant what, what could this team benefit from in a big way? Okay, yes. Okay. The starters are the needs, right? Like, if we go into next season without a new starting central midfielder, a new starting goalkeeper, and a new first-choice striker, I think all of the all of those scenarios are pretty much disastrous. Uh, maybe the goalkeeper one isn't. I think no. it probably is. Yeah, I think we disagree on, on the importance of that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think those would all be really bad. If we didn't get another right back, would that be disastrous? I'd be upset, but only because I have to keep watching Wambasaka play. Beyond that, I don't think it would be a big deal. Um, I think we'd be fine. I don't think it would preclude us from being a lot better next season. Uh, another center back, is that going to, like, I, I think in the league that's going to cost us at most, like, two or three points. I, I don't even think it's that much. I think that's actually way too generous. Your third your third or fourth choice center back is not going to cost you a point. Like, like really, when you break it down, it's, these things, do, especially with the minimal rotation, it, it, they just don't matter that much. And I also think, when we talk about buying backup players, people assume that there's going to be more rotation in future seasons. There won't be. There won't be. I think there will be. There won't be. I, I think there will be. I, I think there will be. don't. There won't be. I really, really <laughs> like. I watched. I watched this guy manage Ajax for a long time. He did not like to rotate. Like there'll be a little bit more, but it. I really don't think there's going to be a lot more. I get you, but he does rotate now in positions where he has better backups. Like a little, like really yeah, not yeah, a, lot. a little, but a little is more than none. Like Casemiro, Lissandro, and I don't Rashford think he's ever going to the rotate. second leg against Batiste. I don't think he's ever going to rotate Casemiro very much or Bruno. Probably not Rashford. He just doesn't really do it with his best players. He never has. Okay. Okay. Center back, fullback. We talked about the three starters. What what's left? Um, so yeah, cover for 
Casemiro, I don't think it matters that much. Uh, he should stop getting suspended for seven matches a season, in my opinion. I, I think ideally you get a partner for Casemiro, who can also be a partner for Fred. I think that would be like a good scenario. And then you have, you know, when Casemiro's out, you bring Fred in in front of a defensive midfielder. And when Casemiro's in, you just put the guy in front of Casemiro a little bit. You're just reshifting the midfield, but working it with your current options instead of going to market for a player who's going to play 10 games. Like McTominay has played, what, 15 games, and five of them were before Casemiro got integrated into the first team. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I think the, the that number for McTominay would be even lower if, if Casemiro, again, getting suspended for seven matches is an insane number. Like, that's not normal, and he's never going to replicate that again. I guarantee it. He's never going to have another season where he's out for seven matches on suspensions. So, so we agree. Striker, central midfield, goalkeeper. Let's get more specific. How are you spending a theoretical budget? Let's say we have 200 million pounds this summer. I think that's probably about what's going to get spent. Uh, total, not net. I think that's probably in total what United will spend this summer. How are you broadly allotting that budget? What's your ideal situation here? That would be pretty good, 200 million. And it would be probably 100 million on a striker, 75 million on a midfielder, and 25 million on a goalkeeper. That's probably what I would say. And so I that's mean, it. Like, you're, 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 you don't really... Sorry, no, no, no. That's if you're allocating 200 mil to three players. Like, I think you could probably get a central midfielder for 50 mil. You could probably get a goalkeeper for 20 mil. And then you have, like, 30 to play with. I think the three first-team players are going to cost you at least 160. And... Yeah, I think that's optimistic. If you're spending 200, you're going to end up spending less than 20 million on each squad player that you get. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, I'm going to be honest, I would not put that much money towards a goalkeeper. Like, I do think it matters a lot. I do want a new goalkeeper. I do think what, it's a priority. 20 mil? 25 mil? I, that's, that's, like the, that's the most I would spend. I'm not spending $80 million on Diogo Costa. That, yeah, like, I agree the, with that. I agree like, with that. That's just not even an option. I'm not doing that. I, I, wouldn't, I, spend, think, I wouldn't spend 80 like I wouldn't spend sixty. No, forty maybe. You could maybe talk me into forty, maybe. I think there are kind of rumors that Robert Sanchez might be falling out at Brighton, and I okay. would not mind yeah. forty million okay, on that's Robert per- Sanchez. Yeah, I'm not spending forty million on Robert Sanchez. I'd spend thirty, maybe, maybe, but like I'd really rather spend twenty five because yeah. I <laughs> well yes, like I think you need probably. I really hope we don't spend $100 million on Kane. That would be really bad, in my opinion. I think that would be stupid, given he has a year left on his contract. Oh, yeah. We should just wait it out if he's going to be more than, like, 50 mil. Yeah. Honestly, my perfect summer includes spending a ridiculous amount of money on a Simmon. I realize that doesn't... That's not, like, groundbreaking insight. You can go on Twitter and find anybody who says that. Um... He's the best young striker who's not already at a super club. That's how much elite young strikers cost. He will come here and score goals. I'm not worried about I think, that. At all. I think he's like the fourth best striker in Europe. I haven't really thought about it recently, but with Benzema, like 
not working properly. Yeah, I think I probably agree with that. I mean, who's better? Lewandowski is better. Holland is better. Are we counting Mbappe as a striker? No, I would have had. I would have had. Like, would I sign Mbappe? Yes. Would I sign Mbappe to play up front in this current United team? Not for tactical reasons. I'm counting like strikers. Like, like yeah, okay. Get it in the box, kick it in the goal. Like old men like to watch strikers. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, probably won't argue with that. Um, I'm sure I've forgotten that Kane. Yeah. Kane. So yeah, maybe he's not fourth, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. The, he's definitely top like eight, um, and probably higher. And who really cares where he falls in that if he scores like 15 to 20 goals consistently? And I think he'll probably score more than that if we get really good, which I think he'll help us get really good. So I think it starts there, and I don't really want to get into other striker options because, like, that's the priority for me. And I think I've explained this in other episodes. I don't believe that really back six players affect point accumulation in league competitions over the course of 38 matches the same way attackers do. Uh, if people want to hear me explain that, I think I've done it before. I'll explain it in another episode if people want me to. I like agree. My, my semantic point would be, I'm not sure that the second central midfielder is back six, but like, yeah, like, but I like, it's, it's also a sliding scale, right? Like I, I, I think central midfielders are more impactful than goalkeepers by like a really long distance. It's just, I also think the distance between central midfielders and strikers is very big yeah yeah but i think if united got someone like frankie i think that would be nuts i think that'd be nuts i think it'd have a, again i think every player on the pitch has a huge effect on how good you can be but i think if you have one of the best strikers in the world that's worth tons of points it's worth more points than a new goalkeeper would be even if the new goalkeeper can, yeah is even if it's allison is, yeah yeah. Or, yeah allison sure i picked out ederson for the ball playing ability but like yeah so anyway, that's why I start with if I've got a two if I've got two hundred million, I'm just gonna I'm kind of gonna write a blank check. Not literally because Napoli would literally write the full two hundred million because they're insane with their transfer fees. But I do think you can get them for one twenty at the most, and I'd pay it. Uh, maybe that makes me the fool, but I would do it. Um, moving on from that, yeah, Frankie would be great. We're not getting Frankie. I've, I'm over it. Uh, so who's who's the midfielder? Um. Let me go back on the striker first. Not that I will go as far as to say I am 100% sure United should spend that on Ossiman. But I do think that the other options I've seen are way less flattering. And I think people are having a bit of a field day framing 60 to 80 million dollars 80 million pound signings as like the bargain buys in the world where a seaman is like the marquee signing and it's like that's still a ton of money failing for 60 to 80 million is worse than a guaranteed success for 120 million for sure yeah i think the big thing with that i tweeted about this the other day the thing about going for for like mid-range purchases at key positions i think the worry is opportunity cost 
I don't want United to commit 60 to 80 million to, you know, the guy who's supposed to be, you know, he's, let's say he's 22, 23, 24. The guy who's supposed to be United striker for the next decade and have that guy not be elite. And I think there's a huge risk of that. Yeah. So if you're not going to go for a Simmon, I can understand it. I get it. You can talk, you could probably talk me out of it, even though it is my preferred option. But if I'm not getting a Simmon, I'm not spending more than, maybe I'd spend like 60 million on Kane. You could probably talk me into it. I'm not spending more than like 40 million on anyone else. And they're not going to be like in that early prime bracket. I'm going to spend money on somebody like Evan Ferguson, who's very, very, very young and is not elite yet, but I do think he could be. Yeah, and or, or I'm going to spend money on somebody who's like 28, 29, 30, and I think he's going to score goals for United next season at a high level, but not block the path of whoever your your Simon equivalent is down the line. The the footballing and budgeting path. Um, yeah, I agree with that. Like last summer, there was the Brian Brobby rumors for was it 15 million? That's, that's awesome. That's the that's if you're going to do that. And not spend the money on Oseman. Like, get a player who's going to contribute to the first team. They're a striker. They're going to play somewhere between 40 and 70% of the games. And you're going to hold it off a year. See where the, see where that gets you. And then make the plunge on a striker who you feel is more worth it. Fine, right? As long as the striker you eventually get is really good. Or that player becomes really good. One of the two. But... What I don't want is to spend a medium big amount on a player who's pretty good. Like I think that's a bad outcome because I think that's the player like needs to be really damn good. Outcome. Yeah. Like I think that's a really It can't be really Anthony. Like I like yeah. Anthony. I think Anthony's yeah. really good, right? But you we cannot have four Anthony's. And let's say Anthony was fifty million, right? I would have the same opinion. You cannot sign four Anthony's for fifty million and win the Premier League. You cannot do it. You yeah. need to sign like elite players. Sometimes you get Salas and Mane's and De Bruyne's. And what I mean by that is elite players for 50 million. For what it's but worth, 50 million was a totally different amount of money when De Bruyne got bought for 50 million. But it, yeah. It was, but the circumstances they bought him for would have been, it probably would have been Anthony Fee territory. But the point is, the point is, in the current striker market, I don't think that player's there. I have questions about whether a seaman is that player, and he's clearly the best option. And and I have questions about him at 120 million being that guy. The market is full of players who are good but have massive weaknesses. Um, it's not full of. Lewandowski, Holland, De Bruyne, Salah, Mane, Prime level players. The only other one is Kane. If you're going to argue Kane is on the market. But that introduces a whole bunch of other issues. Like his age. And the fact that his contract expires in a year. And the fact that he plays for a rival team. So the fee is going to get driven up. Like there's, there's so many complications with that one. Um... And once you get past those two, I think pretty much everyone else on the market is indisputably not elite right now. Yeah. 
So that that's that's where the argument comes for spending it on this guy. It's not just that he's elite, it's that nobody else is. Right? He's yeah. the only under 25 striker in Europe who is debatably elite that is not Holland. Uh, yeah, I, I don't even And United I, are not getting Holland. I think he's elite, man. Like I he he has consistently put up insane goal scoring figures when he's been healthy, and now he's healthy and he's putting up insane goal scoring figures consistently. Like it's just like every match he's scoring, he's scoring two, he's assisting. Like, yeah, guys, nuts. I think he's really good. Don't get me wrong. Um, I think he's one of the best. Like I said, I think he's one of the best five strikers in the world. Um, I just don't know where that gets you in the in the world of everyone else's best player being. You know, a winger who's putting up 1.2 goals a game. But who? What wingers are putting up 1.2 goals well, I don't, a game? In the Premier League, nobody. Like it in the Premier League, it's it's Holland, and I think Holland is better. Yeah, um, I agree. Holland is better. In the in, in Europe, I think you have guys like I guess they're gone now. I guess players like Messi and Ronaldo are gone. It's just Mbappe, and it's just Mbappe who's putting up more than one goal a game. Is that true? I'm pretty sure it's that's just correct. Mbappe in Holland. I think Simon actually in all comps is putting up more than one goal game, but yeah. I there was a time when you know the best players in Europe were putting up more than one goal per ninety. I think that's probably like never one goal plus assist consistently again. Yeah, maybe, maybe. And hey, uh, what I what I will say is the teams that had those guys were winning. Like I think when Lewandowski hit fifty two goals in a season, Bayern won the treble. Um when, you know, Messi and Ronaldo were putting up 60, 70, 80 goal involvements a season, Barca and Real Madrid were winning everything. Yeah, I think people would make system arguments like, oh, they wouldn't have scored that many goals in another team. But, it, like, whatever. It's not really the point. Like, What I'm actually going to say is I think even though there's the correlation is not causation argument, I think it is causative. I think having players who score more goals than your players are capable of scoring puts a ceiling on your team if you don't have those players. And I think eventually United need to get one of those players. Right now they're nowhere near. And I think Asimen is the only striker on the market other than Kane who has a bunch of issues who is debatably one of those players. I think we can leave yeah. it there. And now we can talk about midfield because that was like a 10-minute sidetrack. Yeah. Midfield. Okay, let's talk about midfield. Frankie is not happening. Let's just move on. I don't even want to talk about it. My feelings are hurt. What do you think about Mount? And well, what do you think that addresses if it happens? Because it seems a little hot. You know what I mean? Like it's something that's been spoken about pretty broadly. Pretty wide. I think... So I'm a big fan of Mason Mount, first of all. I think he's a really good player. Pretty much good at everything in the opposition half. Like he's uh, he's a really, really strong passer good creatively from wide areas and central areas, breaks down defense, makes good decisions. I think he's really strong out of possession. He's a good presser. Um, has great, like he has really good legs, can run pretty much a full 90 minutes. He's done it at pretty much every level. He's done it in bad teams. He's done it in good teams. Like I think as far as will Mount be a good player for Man United, I think the answer is like unequivocally a yes. The question around Mason Mount is where does he fit into this United team if he signs? The default position would be Bruno's spot. Do I think 
he's better than Bruno. I think it's a hard maybe. I think he's I think it's more no. I think he's more well rounded than Bruno. I agree. I don't think he's as good of a goal contributor as Bruno. Yeah, I agree. What I might be getting at is I actually think Mount could be a slightly deeper lying player than he has played in the earlier phases of his career. I think the fact that he's really good out of possession, the fact that he's a really good passer of the ball and a good decision maker means that he could be really good in deeper areas. And I also think that he is a very good second phase player. Um, I think the the flag there is that he's not as tested as as I would like in first phase. And I use those words very carefully. I don't I'm not saying he's not good under pressure. I'm saying he hasn't really been tested at receiving from a back four for a thousand times in a season at this level the way a midfielder like Frankie has. Yeah. Do I think it's something he could be good at? My answer is I think he's been good at pretty much every technical thing he's done at senior level. Um, So maybe. I also think that it's one of the rarest skills that a player can have in Europe right now. Like if you look at the list of players lower than Frankie, you have it. Most of them are at top clubs. Some of them are good at that one thing and nothing else. Um, it's not. It's not really like a common thing. So all in all, would I like to see Mason Mount at Man United for fifty million? Yes. Do I think he addresses one of the three positional needs? Maybe. I think he'd be better than Erickson at the absolute least. I don't know if he would be as good as. Frankie. And I think that's pretty much where I am. Yeah, I'll give a slightly different answer. I I really like Mason Mount. I'm not sure he'd be better than Erickson in that role, the one that Erickson plays, where he, you know, has to do both things, be involved in the final in the you know, the opposition half and in our own half. Maybe he'd be better at the out of possession stuff, but I really think Erickson is like quite good. Uh, as an early build-up passer, and I'm not convinced Mount really offers the ball carrying that cancels that out. It's not really, I don't know that we can settle that talking about it, and I don't think it really matters. I, I agree with your assessment. For $50 million, I would I would pay that for Mason Mount if we had, you know, whatever amount of money. But I don't, I would be upset if he was the only central midfielder who came in this summer because I don't think he has that press resistance that really high-end press resistance that you want. Yeah, it also depends who else you're offering me, right? Yeah. Yeah, so okay, so let me offer you some other people. Um, let's see. What do you think about Nunes at Wolves? What are, what, are, what are our thoughts on that? When I said there are players who are really good at the build-up stuff but not good at that much of the other stuff, I think I was talking about Nunes as one of the main guys I had in mind. I think okay. he is good. Like, I think he's a really press-resistant player, one of the best dribblers from deep in the Premier League. Um, I think he does the stuff, not as well as Frankie, but the stuff that makes Frankie, like, Frankie's Ajax days so widely lauded, like the receiving under lots of pressure and somehow getting out. Um, he's a really... He's quite athletic. Um he played this kind of advanced role early during his time at Wolves, which is a telltale sign that his coach didn't know what he was as a player. But I don't think he was that bad. Um, he was unimpressive, but 
I think it shows that he could probably get a little bit involved in the final third, even if not as much as Erickson. Um, so what okay. I think, do I think he would be a player who could contribute, be a good signing? Yes. The problem is I think Wolves will charge a lot for him. They already paid 40, 45 million for him somewhere there. And I think that's like about his worth. If you add in the rarity of this profile, um, I don't really think it's going to be worth the that plus X that Wolves charge a year after signing him. Like, I really think this the time to sign him was from Sporting, and he would have been a good to very good player, and then depending on his value, you'd be in the market again. But United missed that chance. Now he's going to be a marquee price player, and he's not a marquee level player. Yeah, I agree. I think it's a no for me. I'll, I'll give you one that actually I'm positive about. I really like Lavia. I realize a lot, like most people view him more as a Casemiro rotation guy. I think Lavia has the the press resistance and ball carrying to fill this role, and he's quite young, and I think he can grow into the other stuff. I am pro Lavia. Um, I don't think I he's like Romeo Lavia, um, but I really like him. I, I would be pretty happy if he he was the primary guy who we got for that position. Uh, I think he's no, I think he's a very good player. I think if he joined Arsenal, I would be terrified. Um, I think if he stayed at City and they didn't sign Phillips, City would be a better team right now. By like zero point one percent, but they would be better. Because yeah, uh, I, mean, I think he's a better play. player than Phillips. <laughs> yeah, well Phillips doesn't play partially because he's been hurt for half the season, but Phillips doesn't play. Do I think he comes in and replaces Ericsson right now? No. Do I think United have a chance of getting him? No, because if City didn't realize at the time they sell, they sold him, they now realize he's good, and they have clauses in that deal that yeah. allow them to get him back. All right, I, I've never seen a buyback clause activated in my life, so I I'm gonna be honest. I I I don't really think that's relevant. Well, semantics of buyback clauses aside, if United can get him, I would take him. I don't think he immediately fixes this problem. I think he eventually could. Um, I think he is like potentially a rare level of good, like a level that less than 10 midfielders in Europe right now could hit. He's not at that level yet. I think he could be. That's why I like him for what it's worth. Like, I think he has like the key skill that I really like that I think is important for him to contribute immediately. And then I also think he can be really, 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 really good. So we, the, we were talking about that Southampton game. If they didn't have Lavia, that would have been a way easier match because yeah, he was shredding United's press. Like, even though United's press wasn't that bad, I think he was totally cutting through it. Yeah, so, he was the only one. Um, how about Caicedo? Again, I think the time has passed. I would not play Caicedo next to Casemiro, put it that way. But I think Caicedo, again, I think Caicedo is potentially one of the 10 best midfielders in Europe. I think whoever gets him is getting a gem. I think he's probably better than i want to say i think he's better than every player brighton have sold for the crazy fees that they've been selling players for yeah i really like caicedo i think united should have signed him two years ago um I, I'll say, I think I world record casemiro. i think if you have erickson casemiro and caicedo as your options for various matches in the pivot i think that's solid i think you can run with that sure as your options that's that's a fair point I just think the ideal role would be, you know, Caicedo and a deep-lying playmaker with a little bit more defensive push than Erickson. Someone like Enzo yes. Fernandez, who United were also linked yeah. with. 
someone I totally like, agree with you. I'm just I think at this point you kind of have to get creative and the key thing here is capable press resistant ball carrier and really good. Um and so that's what I'm going for here. In in the Premier League, there are midfielders who are overpriced relative to how good they are. And most actually most midfielders are overpriced relative to how good they are. But there are midfielders who are genuinely not that good who are starting for good teams in the Premier League. Yeah. And there are midfielders who are really good who I would throw a ton of money at, but I don't think their clubs want to sell them. There's Caicedo. There's Bruno Guimaraes. I mean, Rice, not for this role, but I think he's very good. There's a couple others. Yeah. I think Caicedo is better than Rice. And I think potentially like a lot better than Rice. I think he's potentially better than Rice. Absolutely. Um, because I think there's more to his game in possession. But... Um, anyway, the, the, I think that's enough on Caicedo. I agree with everything you've said there. How about Alexis McAllister? Two people uh, brought up this name in this context. I think he's good. I don't think he's special. He does a lot of things well. Yeah. I have to watch... Uh, I also think Brighton it's a miscasting is... like, to play him in a pivot next to Casemiro and expect the things you're expecting from this role. I think he could probably do it. It's one of those where I, think I don't do think it. it's his main skill set. Yeah, I, I agree. The, pro- the thing with Brighton, I think, is A, all of their players are technically good. So when you unearth a technical midfielder from a lower la- from a lower table team, like a good example is someone like Musa Dembele. Let's throw that as an example. Joined Spurs from Fulham. I think there's a bump that you get from the fact that this technical player now plays with other better technical players that you don't get when you sign Brighton players. I think McAllister is already playing in a system uh, huh. where everyone around him is good and interesting. the system solves problems for him that you don't realize. And, and that's why you don't see this like instant rise in level from guys like Kukurea when he joins Chelsea. I think Kukurea is a good player. I don't think he is so good that he moves the envelope at a top team. Um, And the same thing with McAllister. Is he a good player? Yeah, he has good creative traits. Um, He's a good passer of the ball. He's technically secure. I think he can function under pressure. I don't necessarily think he's like press resistant, but I think he can function under pressure pretty well. He has good movement. He runs... For the full 90, like, yeah. Um, I'd rather get Mason Mount. Yeah, I I strongly agree with that. Um, I think it's a, I'd rather, I'd be upset if either one of them were the only central midfielder that came in. Again, I think it's the wrong profile, even though. Uh, Yeah, Uh, what I will say is like, so far you've listed, I think all the players you've listed have been Premier League. I think the. The concern I have is that a lot of these players are players I would have liked to see United take a swipe on. They're not like guaranteed bona fide world class players like someone like Caicedo. Yeah. But I would have liked to see them take a swipe on them before they made their Premier League move, and now the swipe would cost sixty million. Yeah, that's true. So, how about somebody like uh, Let's see. How much of Enzo Lefay have you seen? I have. I, I really. I haven't watched Lorient. I can't. I'm not I can't answer pretend. this question. Yeah. His stats make it look like he's a final third player, but yeah, I'm, I've watched that much of him. From what I know, he plays a lot more advanced. Uh, 
I haven't watched him that much, but I do have friends who send random texts about him every once in a while. Uh, I'm sure he's quite good. I, I can't answer this question. Um, sorry. Well, well if, if it becomes more relevant closer to the summer, we will look into it. Uh, how about that? I will make that promise to whoever's listening. Uh, any any names on your mind that you remember people asking about, Aaron? Well, I, I don't remember people asking. I hope people want to ask about Benasser, who I think is amazing. Yeah, yeah. Benasser, I think, is like the guy who you go and get, and he'll be really – like I'm quite confident he'll be really, really good and fill the needs you have. I guess the worry is whether he can stay healthy because he has had some injury issues. I think people probably won't realize exactly – how much of a proven commodity you're getting? Because he he's really had multiple seasons where he's been like one of the best midfielders in Europe. He's like the closest thing I've seen to Tiago Alcantara. And anyone who's heard me talk about Tiago, I think Tiago is like one of the best midfielders I've ever seen yeah, kick agree. a football. No, I and I think yeah. Benasser is the closest thing in football right now to to him. So like, that's what I think of the guy. Yeah. Yeah, okay. But also it would be great. I agree. Um, I mean, I guess you can also throw in Enzo Fernandez, but that's that ship that's, has sailed. Yeah, that ship has sailed. That would have been actually like the pick I would have made. Again, though, not Fifi. from Benfica. From well, River Plate. Like, we weren't going to yeah. spend $120 million. And Enzo. He, for, he wouldn't have the, costed $120 million if Chelsea hadn't forced the issue, for what it's worth. But, yeah. This is my favorite stat of the year so far. The 25% commission that River got from Enzo Fernandez's transfer to Chelsea is the most expensive transfer outlay in Argentinian history. <laughs> Benfica's sale of Enzo Fernandez to Chelsea was worth more money to River than any other Argentinian club selling any player. That we were never nice going to pay that. Month. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. However, again, I don't think it would have cost that much if you even wait till the summer. I, I think there was an, an Chelsea's desire to force that deal meant they got no discount, uh, and I I don't think Benfica would have been like pay the full price uh, had there been an actual negotiation during the summer. The other name I'll throw in there is Kochu. Um, this is a really really good this one. yeah. I've watched a ton of him. Uh, I've been watching him since he debuted. I think I've probably seen him play more than 100 times. This is an incredible player. I really love watching him play. He's really so much like Erickson. It's insane. Like, if you... If Erickson... Let's say he were to, like... You know... Stop playing. Let's say he retired this summer and there, there's no more Erickson, but you need to replace him. That's who you go and get. But this is not a guy who's going to solve the the ball carrying issue um and i think that's again that's the key here if if you spend all your money on a central midfielder who doesn't fix that problem that's stupid and i'll be mad and i'll yell on this podcast all right i got two more names for you um the first one is taylor for ix no I I I'm not asking as someone who thinks he's good to be yeah. clear. I'm asking as yeah. someone who doesn't. No, know. I know, I know. Um, yeah, that's a, just a no. He, he he's an okay player. Um, he'll 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 take a step up at some point. This is not a player who's going to be like amongst Europe's elite. He's not good enough to start for United, and I don't think he ever will be. 
Okay. Um, my other one is Marcel Sabitzer. Right. Um, okay. It'd be so bad if he was the only one. Let's say we secure him on a permanent and he's the only midfielder who comes in. That's so bad. That would be so, so, so bad. But if we got two midfielders in the summer and he was one of them, I wouldn't be upset. Okay. Yeah. I, I think I'm warmer on Sabitzer than Weghorst, but I ultimately think for what you're likely going to pay, you should just take a punt on a youngster for mm. like, you know, like how many, we just talked about Mateus Nunez, um, Benasser, Caicedo, Enzo Fernandez, McAllister. Who else did we talk about? Um, those are the main five that, that, that demonstrate my point, right? Those guys all moved from obscurity to top five league football. I mean, Benasser was playing for Empoli. So he already had Serie A experience. So like, instead of waiting for this, now we've just gone through a list of seven midfielders and we're not sure about them and they're all 60 million pounds. Why not just like sign a few players who are really young and we think are highly touted? Like United were linked with Caicedo and Enzo when they were still in South America. Um, I don't know. Yeah, just take a swipe on someone. No need to sign the 29 turning 30 year old with Erickson and Fred already there. Yeah, I think that's a compelling um, argument. I think that's a compelling argument. Again, if we decided to keep Sabitzer, I wouldn't be, like, outraged. Uh, I like Sabitzer. But, For the yeah. record, I've liked him since he was at Leipzig. I think he's a fun player, but I just don't think it does anything for anyone, really. I think he's moving to a club where he's not a star from a club where he's not a starter, who are better than United, to a club where he's still not a starter, but are worse. And I think United are getting a player who is worse than their current option, who is Ericsson. And I mean, he's, he's at, at absolute best, slightly worse than Erickson. And like, it just benefits nobody. It's just a move for the sake of it, really. Like, I don't know. Yeah. He came in to address a need. I think he has, and that's it. It doesn't always have to be like a player performs well and addresses a need. So it's time to sign them to a 10 year contract, you know, same thing with Whitehorse, right? But anyway, it it also moves the age profile of the squad further in the wrong direction. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Fair. You got me. Um, let's, uh, let's hit goalkeepers, I guess real quick. Um, do you say hate goalkeepers? I said hit. I meant to say hit. You can check the audio. Maybe I said hate. (laughs) I meant to say hit. Um, let's hit goalkeepers real quick. Uh, again, I would not pay 80 million for Diego Costa. I think that he might would be, be good. A bad idea. I haven't watched him. I've uh, watched like two Porto games, maybe. Yeah, I think I've seen him play six times. That's not nearly enough to assess the quality of a goalkeeper. He looks pretty good, but I just don't think goalkeepers are worth that. I don't think they're worth eighty million. I wouldn't pay that for Allison. It's worked out for Liverpool, but he's like the best goalkeeper I've ever seen. Yeah, and you wouldn't pay eighty million for him. Precisely. Yeah. So. That's that. I'm not sure he's the best goalkeeper I've ever seen, but he's certainly up there. He's close. Yeah. He's like top three. Um, so yeah, beyond that, uh, Sanchez, 
I like Sanchez. If you get Sanchez within a reasonable budget, I would do it. Um, Raya, again, same thing. Uh, if you get Raya, yeah, Sanchez at a is price, better. Sanchez is Sanchez. Better. No, actually, let me let me rephrase that. Sanchez is a higher ceiling. Um, I think Sanchez makes more mistakes now. I think he would get on United's fan, United fans' nerves a lot more because I think he he's like the opposite of De Gea in that De Gea is so passive that he doesn't make any like apparent mistakes, so no one really notices the fact that he could have done something. It's like an opportunity cost instead of a direct cost. We'd have Whereas to go Sanchez, through the Holy Sandro thing again, where it's like everybody's yeah. expecting him to make a specific mistake, and so the moment it happens... We have like it's August, and we have to do the whole thing on social media where you know Sanchez costs United two points because he comes out and misses a punch, and it's like, oh, De Gea never would have done that. And we, have but to Sanchez will, punch. right? Yeah, he, Sanchez will 100% mess up like five cross claiming situations that leave to that lead to goals in the season. That is on a lot, the- man. Five. Okay, I don't know about five. He'll he'll mess up a couple crossing situations in a season that will lead to goals. On the overall, his cross claiming will save you more goals than all but at like two goalkeepers in the Premier League. But it's just the fact that the the ones that he messes up will result in goals means that people will will dislike him more than Raya, I think, who is a bit safer. Um, and Raya is also like, I, I think he's a bit of a mixed distributor. Like I, Sanchez's distribution, distribution is like incredible. Like yeah. he, he's probably one of the best in the world. Raya is just merely good. Like he, Raya has good ideas about how teams build, um, and accurate kicking. Whereas I think Sanchez is like a prodigious ball striker for a goalkeeper. Yeah. For what it's worth, Sanchez's shot stopping numbers have been consistently poor, uh, by multiple models since he's been in the Premier League. And I do think... Really? Yeah. That's I interesting. I do think after about... He's played almost 100 matches. Um, I do think you can say that's pretty significant. That's not great. Um, I didn't know that. Yeah. I'm sure... He's like... He's very little below, though. But I, I get you. Raya's yeah. actually above. Raya's actually one of the top shots. Top. Yeah. I mean, it's not like that little, though. Like, costing, over the course of 100 games, costing, I'm doing the math, I'm really, this is bad. Six goals is not good. Like, that's pretty bad. Six goals below average, not, like, costing six goals. Yeah, anyway. I mean, I, I think Raya's likely to be the more available option as of now. Yeah. I think Raya is a good goalkeeper. And I don't think you need an elite goalkeeper. I think you need a good one who does what you need. Like, I, I really think Raya's better than David Ramsdale, and Arsenal are probably going to win the league Ramsdale. at this point. So, what did I say? David Ramsdale. Oh, my gosh. I'm, 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 I, I really think is better than Aaron Ramsdale, who plays for the team that, at this point, I think are going to possibly win the league. So, you know. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, anybody else? Who are the other links? Those are really the three that I always hear. Um, yeah, Miss Sommer. Um, yeah, rip that. That's done. Um, um, yeah, that's really all I can remember. Dean Henderson? Yeah, I I wouldn't even be that upset, man. I really don't think he's a bad goalkeeper. I think he isn't great, but I don't think he's bad. 
I think people have fabricated um, that he's an evil man because they have some kind of weird affiliation to the news and want reasons for the ridiculous goalkeeper management that happened under Solskjaer that was just like so horribly incomprehensible that I'm not even sure we can blame Solskjaer for it. Like a ridiculous, unexplainable absurdity. And I think people want to blame Henderson for that. When like, if I was Henderson, I would be mad too. So yeah, I don't remember exactly what he said. I do recall it being not great, but I, I still broadly agree with you. Like he said a few egregious out. things since leaving, but every like so many players have said egregious things and gone on to be Manchester United legends. So you know, yeah. and much more, much much worse things than than what Henderson yeah. said. I mean, Rooney so. literally tried to leave for City, so I do think we can forgive Henderson for whatever he anyway. said and was correct about. The, the bigger um, concern is Henderson's just not as good as any of the other guys we mentioned. Yeah, but, I mean, true. he's still pretty good, so. Yep. Okay, so I think that covers those big positions. Are there any other players who you expect to come in in the summer? And I mean specifics. I don't mean, like, position. Like, is there anybody you're like, I kind of think that's going to happen? High on my radar is Frimpong and Timber. Yeah, I think Both Timber. Of whom I think you could is, speak better to than I. And there's a decent chance Timber happens in the summer. I don't think it's like a guarantee, but I think there's a decent chance that happens. And I don't think it's to play right back. I think he, it would be a center back purchase. I have mixed feelings about Timber. I quite like Frimpong as a signing. It's pretty much all I got. Yeah, I, I think I agree with that. I think Timber would also be a good signing. I there's like issues there, but I think they can be ironed out, and then I think I think he can be really good. Um, yeah, beyond that, I think that covers that. Let's do some quick fire, uh, questions that I liked and then we'll call it a day. Aaron, is the use of Sancho as an impact sub a permanent thing or is it ETH looking for a way to implement him in the starting 11? This is from Jack. Uh, quick fire, pragmatic look at it. He's not replacing Rashford as it stands. He's not a right winger, even if he could replace Antony. And so that leaves Bruno, who I also think it's unlikely he's going to replace. But I do think there are concerns with Bruno's game that we've talked about. And if Sancho can get up to a level where he's contributing to half a goal a game, I think he might be possibly considered a better option than Bruno in that position. I think the sum of what you get with Sancho outside the goal contributions is better. And I think what you're getting with Bruno is a ton of goal contributions. So if Sancho can get up to that level at some point in his impact minutes, then I think he could have a chance to merit a starting spot on form. Either way, I think the best attacking teams have had multiple attacking options. I like that Sancho can play multiple positions. Obviously, paying $73 million for him, you'd hope he became a starter. But it's not the worst thing for him to just end up being an impact player who starts 25 to 35 games a season. Yeah, I was going to say, I think next season, Sancho probably starts 20 to 25 matches at various positions. Which is like basically a starter. It's pretty close to it. You mean you mean league matches? League matches. I think I said, did I not say league matches? I meant to say league nah, yeah. yeah. I think he starts 20 to 25 league matches next season in various positions. Is that a starter or is that an impact sub? I think it's a starter. 
but obviously yeah. it's not. He'd be in the top 11. Yeah. Um, yeah, okay. So we'll move forward with that. Is Bellingham a good fit? We actually skipped Bellingham in this whole midfield conversation somehow. Um, Objectively bad fit. Way overpriced. Great player. Yeah, I agree with that. Bad fit. Uh, insane player. Would make us better by like a, a lot. But like he's not... He, he, he is a good ball carrier. He's not that um, hyper-press-resistant, secure player in the first 40% of the pitch that you're looking for. Um, Even if he could be, I think he's a tremendous final third threat, and I think yeah. he'd be taking away from his game to make him that guy. Hmm. Like I, Who does that even remind Erickson's... me of? Hmm. <laughs> uh, who have United spent too much money on who was actually he's not an that advanced good. midfielder? Yeah, he's not. And not they spent too little. Um. Okay, let's do another one. Mirror, mirror on the wall. You have 100 million pounds to make one signing next summer. Who are you getting? This is from Alex Towels of the Pot Sh- the Pot Shot Pod. Uh, if you um, have any interest in Arsenal, if you do, I'm so sorry for you. Uh, you should go listen to his podcast because it's really good. And Aaron and I have appeared on it earlier in the season. We did appear on it. It's a great pod if you don't want to listen to Europa League content anymore. Um, <laughs> um, no, I can't be bragging about still being in the Europa League. <laughs> um, hundred mil. I don't know. I said this to you. I'd throw a hundred mil at Newcastle and see if they'll give us Gimarash. I don't think they will. Um, oh, I'm allowed to pick literally anyone. I, I I don't have to be like realistic. I can just be like, give me him. Who who like uh who would you pay a hundred million? Joao Felix maybe? Eh, no, not a hundred. Like I, if I I need one guy to like have the math the best the biggest impact. It's ridiculous for me to ask for Holland. I'll, I think I'd probably still take a Simon. Like I think that's who I, it is. I went on the basis that he's worth that he's gonna be more. Okay. Like like a hundred mil is not enough to get. Yeah, because obviously it's, I think him. it might ultimately be. I think it's probably gonna be between 100 and 130 um if it's not him throw it at yeah, okay. rafael leal yeah throw that's it at, that's that's who it is no that's who it is that's who it is yeah throw, throw it at kavicha throw it yeah. at i don't know who else the the any of those like under 25 guys who are putting up like north of i think i'd leave leal expected. over kavicha i think oh leal is amazing i, I think I, the I, transferability i haven't watched a ton of kavicha there. but but Liao is a is just a killer. He's also so like good. insane, like completely nuts. I'm just like I'm 99% sure Liao translates to the Prem, whereas I'm like 95% sure Kavicha does. So that's where I where I go. Anyway, fun question, but not practical. Um, I'll do two more. Menu Iqbal Mejbri potential and where each could fit long term. This is from Devil's DNA. That is the name of the um, Menu, possible starter level. I think he's really good. I think he's going to be a deeper lying midfielder than he's initially played in the first team. But he's just so young that like it, it's not quite his time yet. I think he's 18 this year. Yeah, I agree. Iqbal and Medjbri, I'm unsure they'll make it at United. I, um, I back both of them because I think they have skills that United are low on in the first team. 
but I don't think Iqbal stands out that much. And I think Medjbury does in certain areas, but that's all he really has to his game. Like he's a press resistant midfielder who can carry the ball and go on these mazy runs, but I don't really think he has the innate sense of match control that the best dribbling, running, carrying midfielders also have, which makes him a really interesting prospect that has to be molded in a certain way. Um, I don't think any of these guys are creative enough that you're going to see them in the three behind the striker if United stick with this 4-2-3-1 long term. So I think if they all make it, they'll all be like relatively pivot players. Um, but yeah, I'd be I'd be happy to see any of them. Like I think Medjbri's loan's going pretty well last I checked. Um, and Iqbal and Menu have been training with the first team in spurts this season, but... Yeah, I don't see any of them in this team next season. Yeah, I think I agree with that. I, I'll say this. I think they kind of all uncannily are going to wind up at very similar positions at senior level. Hannibal played much further forward at youth level, and I think a lot of people felt he was going to be a left winger or an attacking midfielder. I think given what you just said, he yeah, which I think is correct, his best attribute is something that is most useful in like a deep eight which is that ball-carrying ability. I don't think he's going to... He's so good in tight spaces, 1v1, that he's going to be penetrative penetrative in the final third, which means I don't think he, his best skills really play as a forward or an attacking midfielder. So, yeah. Um, I think Hannibal still could be a squad player at United, but it doesn't look like that's going to happen. Iqbal, I, I really... I have stuff to get a read on him, but I, I I don't think he'll stick at United. But we'll see. I don't think it's out of the question for any of them. And I, I agree with you. I think Maynou is has starter potential. I will say this. Them making it in the Premier League or Championship is like a good thing. And United selling these guys for 10 to 15 million is a good thing. That's how good academies work. They... It's also a like a good thing in terms of it's a good thing to do. Right? Selling like Hannibal academy, for fifteen would suck because we bought him for fifteen. But yeah, but but my my where I'm going with this is like a lot of people see it as this thing that you know academy players are owed a spot in the first team over equivalents at other clubs, and I don't really see it that way. I think academy players are it's like going to a school like they what they owe you is a good shot at a career right if you work hard you go to an academy they're going to help you get opportunities at senior level that you wouldn't get otherwise and the mark of a good academy is lots of graduates playing at the playing at high levels exactly exactly it it can be some being in your first team like i think if united produced zero first team players from the academy in the next 10 years that would be like a colossal failure but if it's three and if you look at the last decade, it's been more than three. I think that's okay. I think the concern is, A, the quality of the three, and B, the amount of others that have gone out of the academy into Premier League setups being sold for transfer fees in the last five to eight years. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. Okay. We'll do one more. Both of you say realistic summer ins, outs, slash loanies, slash returns. We already did this. Backup for Casemiro or keep Scott? Well, what's your assessment there? Buy a backup for Casemiro or keep Scott? Quick fire. Give me a two-sentence answer. 
Keep Scott, depending on the fee. Keep Fred, question mark? Yes. Sign Sabitzer? No. Yeah, I think I agree with all of those. Um, really cheap backup who's better than Scott. Do that. But again, don't tell let you it what, jeopardize those top three positions. If the midfielder who signs can't play next to Fred, that's the best argument for getting Sabitzer back. There you go. Because mm. I think you can play Savitzer and Fred. Yeah, I agree. Interesting. All right. Okay, we're going to call it after that. This has been a long recording session, but uh, I'll, I'll take us out from here. Aaron, thanks for joining me after three weeks of not recording. Do you want to say goodbye? Yeah, we'll probably split this into two. Um, you guys won't know this if I don't mention this, but and you might still not watch this far, but we've been recording for two hours here. Um, we want to record some stuff to make up for the last few weeks, but also it's the international break, so we're a bit light on content. And I think as a result, the thing I want to say is we're open to your recommendations if you have any. We might not end up taking them. Um, we've gotten a lot of good ideas for this episode, so thank you for that. And thank you for staying tuned and supporting us. Like, even though we were in very, very difficult recording situations the last few weeks, um, I think we both missed this and we both want to uh, make your support worth your while. So thanks for listening to us and we'll see you soon. Thanks, everybody. Hope you enjoyed this week's Devils in the Details. You can follow us at Devils ITD Pod on Twitter or on a variety of streaming platforms. Our awesome theme music was made by Jacob Connor. You can find at Jacob J. Connor on Twitter. Have a great week, and we'll see you next time.